correctly. a fun one i can tell hello everybody welcome into our bronx rose hill studios i've got tyler bailey and mir gory with me mir i said that right right mir? yeah yeah you said it okay right. perfect and this is the fuvfc podcast got quite a squad today we've got three people for the second week in a row didn't think that was going to happen mir a little tardy to the party yeah, as we like to say you really <laughs> a little bit of a Little bit of a long trainee meeting, but it's all good. We got him. We got him in the show, and Kevin O'Malley back there behind the glass, working his magic with the. Tra- <laughs> Thanks a lot, Kevin. But anyway, we got some. We got a jam-packed episode here today. In this next half hour, we got a lot of MLS to talk about. Playoffs coming up soon. We got the two New York teams doing exceptional at this point. It's 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 crazy. We got some Premier League talk to talk about. I'm going to defend Chelsea after they were. Uh, quite unceremoniously ripped to shreds last week. I'm going to go in on that with you, Mir. I didn't right, really have the chance right, to go right, on right. air with you last week, but I'm going to defend my team. Okay. And we're going to talk about the Liverpool-Man United game or what kind of it was, amounted to a game. It was I don't something really know. that happened on TV. I don't really know if you could call it. Yeah, I would. I was. I, that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. You can't really call it a match. It was... Uh, it was Mourinho doing the old park the bus as he likes to as he likes to do in these days, and then and then blaming it on the other team for playing defensive Precisely. football. He's he's a, he's a master pop psychologist. He is he any, is the else. he is a special one. That name you can hmm. interpret that name many different ways, but I like to interpret that as he's just he's just know, a that special might, guy. That, that might have been a problematic sentence you just said. I don't really know <laughs> he's where a, he's we're quite... taking this podcast from a creative directorial <laughs> point. But anyway, we'll whatever, side. We'll man. before we get sidetracked on. Tyler trying to tris- twist my words and to make it like a PG-13 R-rated podcast. <laughs> anyway, we're going to start with some MLS talk, as we do here usually on FUVFC. And Red Bulls yesterday, clinching the top spot in the Eastern Conference. I was there for the first time. I was wow. at a Red Bulls game for the first time, a New Jersey Red Bulls game, as you like to say. Oh, you like soccer, bro? I, like I, you- <laughs> uh, dude, I, I dabble in it sometimes, you know. But, yeah, it was a great game. I was... I was pleasantly surprised by the experience there, by the atmosphere and everything that goes on there. It wasn't a complete sellout, obviously. I mean, it's a huge stadium for a Sunday after. I mean, yeah, any, I mean a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, you're supposed to. It's not like anybody's doing anything, but you're supposed to be watching the other kind of football. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it is true. Come a Sunday time. afternoon. Come playoff time, that thing will be absolutely packed. I was there for the Eastern Conference Finals back in 2014 when mm-hmm. we were just tender young freshmen, <laughs> and uh, that thing was packed. They were fireworks. Okay, uh, no, yeah, Jermaine no. Jermaine Jones scored for the Revs. It was crazy. No, good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. It's good to see that soccer in the New York area. I mean, obviously, it's been so, especially here since we are in the Bronx, since we're so near Yankee Stadium, it's been so played up that like, oh, oh yeah. New York City is the best atmosphere in the in, in the city. But the Red Bulls did a very good job. They had great supporters. I was sitting in the 200 level right behind the uh, one of the goals, the goals that the New York Red Bulls scored all their goals on. So it was great to be right above all those great fans. Yeah, they had chants go. going the whole time, cheers going the whole time. They were fantastic. It was a great experience. I'll say that. Yeah, there are no bad seats in that stadium either. They did a really good job with the sight lines. Mia, like, have you ever been to I'm an MLS game? Well, in fact, I'm uh, this Sunday, I was just uh, during the meeting, I was uh, talking <laughs> to a buddy of mine, and he was like, yo, I'm, I've got $10 tickets. The the dorms are hooking us up. Yeah, that's me. That's my program. Yeah, oh, I'm the RA and O'Hare hooking that up. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you maybe know Jake, my buddy. 
buddy. Yeah. So uh, shout out Jake. What's up? How's it going? Because <laughs> um, you know he listens. <laughs> shout out me for the he tickets. How about that? Was, was Good. Hey, thanks, I'll, thanks I'll take Tyler, it. to helping me out and bailing hey, me pray, out. Okay, yeah, bro. Yeah. So geez. shout outs to everybody. <laughs> We're just gonna plug our brands on this podcast. <laughs> We're not actually gonna talk about soccer at all. Yeah, that's a good way to okay, good way to do so, it. I think I'm I'm really pumped to see this Sunday how uh, NYCFC plays. Um, but where's think, what's the program for you guys going to see NYCFC game? Yeah, no, we're oh, going. Cool. We got, uh, I uh, we have huge RA budgets, so uh, I I got ten hundred level seats in Yankee oh. Stadium. Oof. Yeah, and um, and you're asking go. people to pay ten dollars for it. Yeah, so it's like a it's like okay. a seventy percent discount probably. Okay, that's not bad. And uh, they're gonna shred the Columbus Crew, who have absolutely nothing to play for, <laughs> and who just lost the Red Bulls. This lost week. the Red Bulls, yeah. Uh, and it's gonna be a really good experience. I wanna I wanna have kids go and like see that. Oh wow, like Yankee Stadium, no matter what sports being played there, is actually sick. And like, yeah, New no. York City is actually fun, and like soccer is actually fun. I, and MLS is actually fun. No, it's I, like the most affordable like spectator experience you can have in New York. No, the Red Bulls said this in their pregame ceremony. They were just like apparently they were ranked as the most satisfied fans oh, in yeah. the, by their fan experience. I'm just like that's that's fair. I mean the stadium's beautiful. The food is not overpriced. It's very it's for a stadium, it's not badly priced. And it's just it's just a fun time. It really I mean it really is. Well, stadium's I mean, getting, a little it's a little out there. Yeah, the, getting the, the out area there, around it's pretty it's, it's not not that but. great, but the path turn isn't half it's not half bad. <laughs> Come playoff time, dude, when I was on there for the Eastern Conference Finals 2 years ago, sardines. Yeah, Absolutely I, sardines. Yeah, I could imagine. They're they're there. extending the 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 station so more people can like stand on the platform, but I don't think it's yeah. going to be done by the end of the season. It definitely, no, definitely it de- no, it definitely no. looked like it wasn't going to be. But hey, I'm I'm listen, I'm happy for the Red Bulls. I'm happy that they've got themselves a an, another number one seed. We'll see if they can turn yeah. that into an MLS Cup this time. Probably not. It's eluded them forever. It has eluded them history. forever. They got two huge banners that say "Supporter Shield winners." Yeah, and it's probably going to be a third. It uh, probably FC Dallas just lost their best player. I know. To, uh, I, torn, hey, torn Achilles. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so we'll see. Poor no. Mauro Diaz. Shouts out. R.I.P. Mauro Diaz. I don't even know because my pick for the for the MLS thing was for the MLS Cup was going to be. Toronto, but it seems like they've been really dude. Never bet on a Toronto sports no, team. No, never ever bet. On I should have learned. I, sports scene. It's true. <laughs> I mean, the Blue Jays have been doing well recently. You can't really, uh, you can't, you can't go in that hard no, on Toronto. Uh, no. But like, well, they, I mean, come on, it's, it's a Toronto sports team. They're anyway, hopefully, no one from Toronto is listening. <laughs> my goodness, but yeah, I actually no. We want, we want a Canadian audience. <laughs> we just want them to be realistic about their prospects. Here. Okay, Ooh. all right, fair. <laughs> fair enough. But anyway, that's something I really need to do. I really need to go see an NYCFC game. That's something I. I, I I believe you haven't been to one. I need, I need to go see one. Maybe. <laughs> well, this, uh, this when's, Sunday. When's, when's the game? Sunday? Saturday? Yeah, Sunday at 4 p.m. Sunday at 4 p.m. So are, you on the, uh, are you on Dean's list? Am I on, De- am I on Dean's list? Are you on Dean's list? Who, who, do, who, do, you, who the, do you think I am? Well, the ceremony <laughs> <the> ceremony. <laughs> Come on, now. I'm on Dean's list for FUV. Come All on, right, now. That's good enough. <laughs> that's that's what really matters They, are, they should send you this game, then. Go ask Bob for some tickets. Okay, so I think <laughs> I, I will, even though Bob hates soccer, he won't admit it, but anytime I bring up soccer, I'm just like, hey, Bob, it's like the European Championship. This is like this is on one-on-one, our talk show, during during the summer. And I was, I was A-hosting. Like July, mid July, like right around the final, and I was like, Bob, hey, like we should do something for the European final. Like it's Portugal, France, like it's gonna be big. And he's like, No, we don't have enough people in that market in our market who are fans. And I'm just like, Bob, you do realize we have a team. We have two teams in the New York metro area, and and we live in like it's the most cosmopolitan city in the planet. Thank you. That's what I was going at. Everyone, every New York is probably the biggest soccer city in the country. There were what eighty seven thousand because of all the all the different people from different nationalities. It's got to be the biggest (laughs) soccer city in the country. But I mean, all you need to know is like eighty seven thousand people at MetLife 
for the con- exactly uh, the Copa, America Copa America final, final. This past summer. And I I I How said this. I think I said this to you at the end of the summer or during the summer Probably. at some point. But I said. It was so great to see how everyone on Chile and Argentina took that as a major tournament final. It oh, was so yeah. great to see that. Like it, it felt like one watching it on TV. It, absolutely, and it was it, everybody was saying like, "Oh, this is going to be like a scrimmage. This no. is going to be like, oh, oh this is going to be like, it's, it doesn't matter. No one's this doesn't decide the Confederations Cup." But th- each team gave their all in that match, and uh, as you saw, like Messi was so oh, distraught retired after that. for a little while. He was just like, "Oh, I'm going to quit." Yeah, yeah. 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 Train home. He, he, he definitely <laughs> t- was beyond exhausted. I, it was yeah. crazy. It was it was yeah. crazy. He was like in tears. But, and, but, it's so you great know, to hey, see like them treating that as a major final. That's all I'm trying to say. I, I think I think the the big takeaway with the Copa America was just the fact that um, there were a lot of stadium issues outside of New York, but the, the when it mattered most, uh, Copa America really demonstrated yeah. its, its oh yeah its power, and yeah. and New York was center stage for Absolutely. that. Absolutely, and, and I think that that that's logical. I mean, when you boast the reputation of the most metropolitan city in the world, you yeah. have to have that kind mm-hmm. of fan base. And you know, I'm really excited to go see on Sunday. Uh, the NYCFC atmosphere and and I'm sure getting back to the results and stuff like that. Uh, I think NYS uh, the, the NYCFC is going to want to. Uh, I think show up the Red Bulls a little bit. Oh, of course, and 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 say you know we're we're the we're the new guys on the block, Absolutely. but but this is our city, and uh, you know obviously they're backed by Man- Manchester City, so they're going to want to have that little flavor to them. Of and, course, yeah, yeah, and I mean it, it, it's quickly. Have you been to a New York derby? Oh yeah, I've it's got to be. I've been like three of them now. Yeah, what's uh, it like? I was at that seven-one oh, disgusting, God, yeah. <laughs> nonsensical <laughs> yeah. show of putridness. But um, <laughs> from the side of the from the side of city. Oh, from is. the side of city. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it's quickly become probably the obviously the most publicized rivalry in MLS, but yeah. also like the 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 most heated too. Like these yeah. teams like they authentically just don't like each do other. not yeah. like each other. And it's great that it's a new rivalry and it's already picked up that kind of steam because, look, New York loves a winner. And when you have two winners, when you have the Red Bulls and NYCFC in first and second place in the Eastern Conference going into the playoffs, this history developing along with, you know, the winning traditions that are developing for New York City FC, I mean, that's going to do nothing but increase the profile for not just NYCFC in the New York metropolitan area, but both of those teams and the entire market as well, and it's going to do great things for the TV market. Which oh, is absolutely! Probably the biggest hurdle left for Major League Soccer. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. The fa- other than the fact that they're flying coach still, other than that, yeah, the fact no, that the biggest I, I thought that was that. adorable when I read that article. It's I was not, like, it's, oh, but man. I, I forget who said it, but somebody on the Galaxy I think said like she tur- there was a woman in front of her and they turned around and she's like, why are you, are you guys are like professional players? Like why are you guys flying yeah. coach? Like they're on Southwest <laughs> from like Los Angeles. Nothing against Southwest, like Southwest are my boys, but like they're flying. Professional football yeah. players, professional soccer players, I'll say that. You can't really call them you call MLS footballers. players footballers. You, call footballers. you can't call MLS players footballers. Why? Because the footballers here. Okay, I'm getting. I'm getting. No, 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 no. I don't. actually am on your side. Okay, on all right. Thank you. you. Mir was looking at me like he was yeah, about to rip my head off. No, I'm giving. No, I'm giving a look like. <laughs> it's I got it's you, weird bro. to have it be Major League Soccer and then call them footballers. No, like, okay. I th- yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even think of it from that angle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. In in terms of the just. The respect that 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 soccer players are getting uh, in the United States, uh, the prime example of that is in the commercial uh, of Heineken, when where Landon Donovan says, uh, "They told me I couldn't make it here because I had something to offer that no one want. I had a product to offer that no one wanted to yeah. buy." And I think that obviously, since Landon Donovan came into the MLS and has become a hit, uh, I think he was obviously a trailblazer for that. Yeah. And and I think you know, especially with the emergence of Pirlo, Lampard, uh, Henri coming. Um, 
obviously Beckham, you know, Jovinko yeah. uh, as well. But that, but that's obviously Canada. So it, there's a little bit of a, a, of a different um, vibe to it. I think that that's uh, that's def- definitely going to change things, and I- I'm sure that in the next three or four years, Bob is going to have to respect no the it, soccer uh, yeah, no absolutely <laughs> so Thank you. full circle. I was wondering where you were going to take that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, yeah, dude, like attendance is like it's been like really high for three years. Like, is it, what arguments can you make here? Yeah, and no, it seriously. came back to Bob Aaron. It came back yes. to good old Bob. <laughs> we got a shout out on the football broadcast. We got a uh, oh, yeah? listen to the yeah. WFUV Sports Podcast. We got Pick and Pod. We got NFL Friday. We got FUVFC, oh, and I was like. Yes. Oh, Baby. All right. Thank you. And then we got the uh, the new uh, <laughs> pound for pound podcast that our colleague James Corrigan does. What is that? It's uh, <laughs> the, UFC, the UFC and MMA. Oh, yeah, UFC and MMA. Yeah, I James he was boxing, and I was like, no, yeah, it, yeah. no, it's I also it's all cool. No, it's so, also yeah, no, it's also the, boxing. For the record, then yeah, I knew what that podcast was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> no, James gets some really cool. Like he gets like local boxers to come on and people who are like at MMA events. Oh, he, he has connections, dude. Cool. Like he, he does a good job with it. Wow. But anyway, back to our podcast. We're gonna shift gears here a little bit. I'm tired about talking. Tired of talking about MLS. We're gonna talk uh, talk a bit a little Whoa. bit about uh, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> we're gonna talk about my boys in blue. Okay. The legendary Chelsea FC best win of the weekend. Three 0 absolute throttling of Leicester City. Who no I, bias there. Who I no, admit are very down this year, but they had the best win of the weekend. They were stellar. Well, uh, think about think about this. Who the one, other team? The their their title rivals, <laughs> Man City drew to Everton, who were a good team. Arsenal barely squeaked out a win. Hmm. Tottenham. Drew with West Brom. I mean, that's away from home, but like, still, that's a draw. I mean, it's a draw against a, a bottom team. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely not good. No, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm trying to defend myself yeah. there. Um, Liverpool. Hey, shut up. The uh, Liverpool with, with Man United. And listen, Chelsea were fantastic this weekend. This this three four three formation that Antonio Conte is running. Please tell me more about how good Antonio okay, Conte so is. Okay, so Conte obviously wants to infiltrate the uh, the English system and, and, and infiltrate. Well, infiltrate. I mean, in many in many ways he is because obviously as as a man that that has only played uh, in Italy and. Uh, has only coached for the Italian team. I think that he he was someone that wanted to do the four four two a lot or four two two, and decided that you know obviously maybe switch to the three would be a mm-hmm. little better. And I think Leicester's main issue is that the, they have no control in the midfield anymore yeah. because uh, it's almost N'Golo, like one team had N'Golo Conte and one team well, uh, didn't. It, well, <laughs> wow, it's weird. I, yeah, huh? It's weird hmm. how that works. I mean, I would actually go as far as saying uh, N'Golo Conte has has really underperformed at Chelsea. And I think that N'Golo Kante for Leicester last year was really, really good. But this year, he, he to me, I mean, the, he, in this game, he did look better. But to he was me, man of the match. Yeah, no, I mean, he did look better. But I'm saying, I just, in the season, I don't think that he has adjusted properly no, to the, the switch. I, that's I, an, I, know what, I know what you're getting at. Yeah. He and definitely so, stood out more at Leicester last year. Yes. But he's been an excellent tempo setter and, oh, no, and just and, destroyer in the midfield. He has not been a disappointment he's, in he's any way, shape, job. or form. He's, he's, he's been incredibly He's well. done a good job for Chelsea. I wouldn't say he's been as good as he was for Leicester. I'll, yeah, go, I'll and, go that and, far and, and say you, that. When you're justifying a... But not by much. Well, but I mean, when you're justifying a 40 million plus, you know, David David well, Luiz, cough cough. <laughs> well, I mean, oh obviously, yeah. um, I I would say that like you know you you have to play up to a certain standard that you were at a year ago, yeah. and I think that 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 match was exactly as you said, Tyler. It, it just shows that you know obviously Leicester doesn't have content, and so they can't run the same system. Yeah, and that back five that 
is really, to, to be honest, very average. But last year was just stellar because they just dove for every last chance. They they really uh, just put in every maximum effort that they could. And they also knew that Kante could, could back them up. And now Kante's in a different system. And obviously he's doing well at Chelsea in the sense that obviously he's a good player. But to me, he's not really performing at the same level that he did last year. And therefore not justifying the... Um, the the price tag obviously a switch to the new for, formation might and obviously this is going to be to your liking john yeah uh prove that that conte is going to end up becoming even more valuable than his price tag and therefore you know i think that he's going to do better but i think that to this point i personally would say from the games that i've watched i don't think that he has justified his price tag and i think that this game was maybe his his be- uh, beginning to to getting to that level, okay. and I think also that it showed that Leicester, in a sense, needs Conte more than Chelsea needed Conte in that game. Well, they definitely need something because their <laughs> yeah. season has been a disappointment. Because they, I mean, it, it's always going to be a disappointment when you don't follow up a, Premier, right. a Premier League title with another Premier League title. Yeah. But they're they're very far down. Um, but I, another point about yeah, another point about Conte, he wasn't brought in to be the kind of player Paul Pogba was bought brought into Manchester United. To no, be. he I, wasn't supposed right. to be the superstar. He's a very expensive piece of the puzzle, but he was brought in to be a piece no, natu- of that puzzle. Naturally, he he's meant to control the midfield, and yeah. that is exactly why Leicester has fallen apart. Because when you're playing two strikers, you have to control the midfield schematically, and Conte's excellent at that. The thing is, what Conte tried to do with the Italian formation, which is typically using just one striker using Costa, mm-hmm. you don't have to have as much um, emphasis on the midfield as you would normally have. The thing is, is that Conte obviously took a little bit of time to develop to that. And that's why, naturally, the formation switch is helping him. And yeah, that's why in this right. game, the new switch to the three was better for him. But Leicester is suffering because they don't have him in the midfield. And right. because they play two strikers, they, I mean, they're just falling apart. The wings have to crash back in to cover the defense. Uh I mean, Vardy's completely fallen apart. Yeah, Vardy's, like, I mean, Vardy's been in. If, yeah, if you he's been. look at his stat sheet, he's not getting any goals because he's not getting any passes from any the midfield. Service, yeah. yeah, and it's interesting yeah. you bring up the tactical shift there because Leicester City is still much, still very much built around the counterattacking style of play. Right. And so the distance between their lines in transition is so big. It's so huge because they're trying to just get the ball from point A to point B as fast as they can. But when you don't have someone like Conte to sit in and bail you out of situations where it doesn't get from point A to point B, you leave yourself wide open for all all sorts of attacks. And that's what we've seen this year. They've given up goals, and they haven't been able to outscore their opponents at the rate that they did last season. But going from... Go ahead. ahead. Also, their back five is just... It's it's average at best. You know, they're good. They don't play back... It's not the same system. They play back four, Uh, don't they? They play four, four, two. Well, they, I mean, they have a sneaky de- uh, center defensive, uh, well, center mid. Yeah, that, 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 will, that, that number six back. drops back into okay, the, right. the center no, defense. Okay, f- fair enough. Fair so, enough. It, I mean, it is it is kind of like a, a false back five. But right, the thing yeah. Is that, the, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I like that. False, <laughs> false six. <laughs> false nine. Um, the, the thing is, is that what ends up happening is um, the, the defense is not good enough. The midfield is, is not able to control. The wings have to crash in, which then they have to give up the, the offense. So there's no counter. There's... Basically, not enough quality defense to ensure a clean sheet on a consistent basis. It just turns into basically what happened with Chelsea, which was, uh, or sorry, not Chelsea. Uh, what United did was they just played very good, sound defense. The thing is that 
uh, Lester can't do that. Yeah, and they also had to hey bail him out multiple times today. Yeah, and Don't switching switching from talking about N'Golo Conte to Antonio Conte, earlier I thought when you said something about like oh Conte was brought in not to be like Paul Pogba, and I'm just like well no duh because oh, he's, he's like n- not the, n- he's a man. No no no. no. <laughs> I was very confused there for a second. Yeah, I but hope anyway, you figured it out on your own though. Um, <laughs> <Ball>. <laughs> Jeez, no, I, I made the same point about uh, Pep Guardiola last time um, I was on the podcast with you. Mm-hmm. The Premier League needs more tactics. Because I, I think what was going overlooked in the Premier League, uh, mostly because of its own boasting about how great it was for such a long period of time, w- was lacking a lot of tacticians right. as managers outside maybe the top two or three teams. Mm-hmm. And with the introduction of not only managers that come with a high profile, but have a reputation for being those kind of tacticians, like Pep Guardiola, like Antonio Conte, who can do things that English managers simply have proven that they don't have the tactical acumen to do, you're going to see an improvement in the actual quality of football played in the league. I mean, think about how poorly the English Premier League has fared in European competition over the yeah, last absolutely what, four or five years now since since Chelsea won it in 2012. Yeah, they've been embar- they've been embarrassing. It, they really have been. Yeah, and I mean, I think I mean we've we've think seen, back to 2009. Yeah. Three of the four sides in the final four were oh, yeah. English sides. It's I mean, incredible. We and we've seen how far they've fallen. Yeah, we've seen a couple slip ups this year, but. I mean, I think it's back on that upswing. And, I mean, when you bring in those kind of personalities as managers, too, it doesn't even matter if they're good tacticians. It's good for the viewership. But if they want to remain relevant in Europe, I mean, you need that. You need tacticians, So it's good to see people who, like you discussed at length, the tactical shifts that are going on within Chelsea right now. You need that. You need to keep it fresh. I I think, uh, and I agree with you, Tyler, um, it's it's great though to see that at the same time Conte is the right guy, a a, a right type of tactician yeah. to come in right. to England because he also has that fire personality and and it, Premier League uh, football soccer however you want to call it is is based on power and athleticism. Yeah, it's a lot of blood and, and thunder. Exactly, they use that it's, phrase all the time. Right, it's it's full on grit. But the thing is, Conte at least has the flavor to add in a little bit of tactics where the players will like abide by it. And also Klopp is the prime example. I mean, obviously, yeah. we have to hope that Liverpool gets in the top four for next year, right? Yeah. Uh, in order for them to be in the Champions League next year. But, um, you know, it, it would be really... Uh, I think they're the two the two of them, I think, down the line, when, when you really consider it all, they will keep the integrity of the Premier League, but at the same time, move it forward. And they're probably going to be end up becoming more successful than I think Pep. Purely from the standpoint that Pep is not going to end up being as popular because he's a full-on tactician. He doesn't have the personality, and I I think it's a very fine yeah. line. No, I because agree. we've seen guys like Jose Mourinho just alienate themselves out of jobs multiple times. Right, right. And this is a guy who's on his uh, third third stop in the Premier League, right? Oh, yeah, third, third well, two with Chelsea, third and one, and yeah, one with yeah, yeah, but Murray, this is uh, his Man third United, time yeah. back. And Manchester United hasn't exactly performed up to the standards they were expected to with these new signings and with Mourinho as their new manager. And and part of me wonders whether or not the players aren't willing to kind of warm to him because they know what happens when Jose Mourinho is in a place for a little while. We're running a little low on time here, so you touched on Manchester United. What do you guys make of that game this afternoon? Well, to continue basically what he was saying on that, because that was actually a really nice transition into that, to me, for, for what I was going to say, um, it is purely that Ibrahimovic came out guns blazing, you know, um, and um, unfortunately for him, he was a bit of a flop in this game. Yeah. 
And I so, think, that's how I, it is with strikers. I, I think yeah. it was because I think it was because stri- like schematically, Liverpool is hot, and so Mourinho, doing like what Leicester's trying to do, says, you know what, we're just gonna hold back, and we're just gonna ensure a draw. And as you said, you you brought up the headline. Um, it was he put the blame on on Liverpool in a yeah. sense yeah. by saying, you know, uh, we did our job, blame them. They were the ones that the, the objective of the game for us was to get a draw, and we were going to be happy with that. And the objective for Liverpool was to score, and we ended up winning because we wanted it to be a, a clean sheet, nil nil, and they obviously wanted to score. So he said, obviously, you know, you try to score, right? Because we have players like Ibrahimovic and and Pogba who can act, who can flip forward, right? But naturally, um, I, I think that the the big takeaway is with Mourinho. Yes, you're right, bro. Like. It is structural, you know. You are yeah. you are using, uh, you know, a good strategy. Um, but the thing is, that's why you were so popular in Italy, and you're not really that popular right now because a lot no. of a lot of the the Englishmen were really disappointed by that game. And and as you said, Tyler earlier, it it wasn't really a, a game to watch. It was just no, you know yeah. we were just sitting there. And I, I think that that's why Mourinho doesn't last long in his teams typically in in the Barclays because he doesn't understand that the players want to play you know yeah and you bring up an interesting point because you were talking about it from that kind of psychological battle that Mourinho was setting up between what he wanted out of the game and what people expected from his players out of the game Mm -hmm. but you also kind of have to look at it from in that same vein the players perspective because they want to go out there and play and this game ended up turning into a pretty wide open affair it was back and forth for a large majority yeah. especially in the Each second team half team did have a good amount of chances yeah. 9 for Liverpool what 7 it, for United it, it's not like it, one of the classic yeah, no. nil-nil games but, but what it like lacked, four chances what it lacked ball what possession it, was 35% for for Man United no I know I'm just saying yeah. I'm just saying on the fact of like entertainment wise an it open was, game that's, yeah. what, that's all I'm was, trying to it was to, I'm trying to support his point the entire second half the thing was it it lacked the finishing touch yeah, and we saw that the entire game, and and what, what I couldn't figure out is why Henrik Mkhitaryan wasn't even in the 18 for Manchester United when he's yeah. the player. Even bring him on in the 80th minute, say, hey, uh, run your head off, but you're the player who can find that final pass that nobody else, especially not Wayne Rooney, who did come off the bench late, was going to be able to find. Uh, so, so when you when you look at it from that perspective, you wonder actually how much uh, Jose Mourinho is actually setting up a battle for himself to have to overcome with his own mindset. Do you know what I mean? You were talking about having not even Mkhitaryan in the 18. Depay wasn't in the 18. Rashford I mean, wasn't Ra- in the 18. Uh, well, Rashford wasn't in the 18. No, Martial was not Marcia, in the 18. Yeah, Martial wasn't even in the 18. Uh, which is, I mean, he's a player that really should be playing a lot. Oh, absolutely. Lot I don't, did it, was there news on why he didn't play? I think it was just it had to have been he, what Jose Mourinho thought he was going to get out of these players in terms of playing that's defense. Such a, that's such a Mourinho move. Exactly, it, really, it, it really doesn't is. make sense. It doesn't make sense. He had the he opportunity made so many to win moves the game. last year that just made you. I there were 10, 15 times last year where I saw the lineups come out before before a Chelsea game, and I go, "Oh my God, what is he doing? We're going to get slaughtered!" And sure enough, every time he started. Ibrahimovic, Ivanovic, yeah. we got slaughtered on the right hand side. It was awful. Before before we get towards the very end of this um I, I just want to make the point real quick that when you are the manager of manchester united you absolutely can't ever play for a draw no i know and sir yeah. alex and that's, ferguson and that's a lot of what manchester united was, fans this was, are saying this They're saying my, this is not the man you weigh no this was my high school yearbook quote it was sir alex oh, ferguson God. and he said it was the from his nerd. book i've never played for a draw in my life and that's why right, that's they were cool. so good they won those 13 titles under him and afterwards, they've fallen apart because either the managers they've appointed can't handle it 
or they think they know too much, like Jose Mourinho, and they play for draws, I'll and they outthink themselves. I'll say this because we do have to wrap it up here. The best, the best comment I saw online after that game was only Jose Mourinho could make a team with Pogba and Ibrahimovic play like Stoke City circa 2009. <laughs> like that's only that. It's just Sexy some, Stoke it, baby. Hey, it sums up the Joe game, Allen doesn't for it? Two. Hey, speaking of Stoke, they had a big win this weekend. Didn't Joe really Allen get to for them. two. You love you're in your in your boy uh, <laughs> Jeff, Cameron. Jeff Cameron. Oh my God, yeah. Thank God we didn't get talking about Jeff Cameron because oh, Tyler man. would talk about now the whole podcast. He's so good. Oh my God. He's so good, folks. Oh my God. But anyway, thanks so much. I had a great time, guys. We'll thanks see you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody. This is FUVFC.